0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.
1: Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, Episode 38. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. In the 15 years that Anne Marie and I have been practicing at our small residential architecture firm, Five Cat Studio, We've seen much of our hardware and equipment come and go. We launched the firm with a single Dell workstation, a monster, gigantic CRT monitor, I think it was like a hundred pounds, and an inexpensive all-in-one scanner, printer, fax machine. Today we're running all Apple computers, and the fax machine is long gone. On this episode of the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, I'm going to share all of my equipment, a whole long list of all the hardware and electronic equipment that we use to run 5Cat Studio on a daily basis. It's not fancy or cutting edge, but it's what we have to do what we do. So stay with me. This episode is sponsored by the Entrepreneur Architect Hybrid Proposal. It's the owner architect agreement that I developed for my own residential architecture firm, five cat studio. It's simple, it's straightforward, easy to understand, and it's very, very client friendly. Over 100 architects have purchased the hybrid proposal video course where I personally walk you through the proposal package step-by-step page by page and included with the course is a complete set of document templates, which you may download modify and start using for your own projects immediately. If you're
0: interested in learning more about the Entrepreneur-Architect hybrid proposal, head on over to entrearchitect.com slash hybrid.
1: So today I'm going to share all the hardware and electronic equipment that Anne-Marie and I and the guys here at Five Cat Studio use on a daily basis to get things done. And if you're not a regular listener to the podcast or a a, uh, a regular reader over at the blog, uh, let me just quickly tell you that in November we moved from our 2000 square foot studio over in Pleasantville, New York into a, a home studio that's about 200 square feet. Uh, and we sent our staff to their own remote studios and we work as a virtual studio now. And so, we took all of the equipment and things like that over at the 2,000 square foot studio. We gave lots and lots of obsolete and unused equipment away. Threw away a couple of things that weren't uh, possible to be given away. And uh, and only the essentials came to the new studio. Uh, and when we got some of the things over here, uh, like our big giant HP plotter, which was working fine in the 2,000 square foot studio, decided that it was no longer going to work in the new studio and collapsed and failed on us and so we ended up getting a new plotter and i'll talk about that later what we have now to uh to plot our drawings but uh much of what was in the big studio uh did not make it to the small studio and today we're uh, we're running lean and mean so i'm liking it better uh and i'm going to go through the list here um sort of in some sort of order that will make sense i'm going to start with The pre-design process that we go through and when we do existing conditions, what we use to do that, uh, I call existing conditions, I call it the existing conditions survey and I use ECS for short. So when we're talking to one another here at the studio, uh, we're often referring to the ECS. It is also referenced in the hybrid proposal as the pre-design service and it's called the existing conditions survey under pre-design. Uh, One of the most valuable tools that I ever bought, I probably purchased it over a dozen years ago, uh, was a laser distance meter. I have the Disto Classic 5 by Leica Geosystems. Um, I don't think that the Classic 5 is available any longer. It is quite old, over a decade I I purchased it. Um, They do make a Classic 5A, which is the new version of the one I have, but they also have a tremendous selection of other devices that uh, are great for measuring distances. Um, I still use a handheld measuring tape uh, for the areas that, that the laser distance, you know, small areas that the, the laser, laser distance meter isn't really appropriate for. Um, but it actually does a pretty good job. I, pretty much anything uh, eight inches and over can be measured with the laser. Meter, Um, and I can measure an entire house by myself using that tool, a pad, a pen, and uh, my tape measure. So, um, and then if you are a listener, you know that I'm a really good uh, measuring measure. I'm very good at measuring existing conditions because that's how I started my career. I spent an entire summer measuring over 300 condominium units um, with no laser distance meter. Uh, that was 20 something years ago. Um, and they probably had them, but we didn't have them. I had a measuring tape and a pad and some pens and I went to work and had a, a a full-time job when I got done with that job. So I do talk about that in another episode. You could search that over at the blog and find, uh, my early career and some of the history there and, and that story about how I measured those units and how I, I got my first job. Um, So the Laser Distance Meter Disto Classic 5 is the first tool, the first piece of equipment that I'm going to talk about. The second one, which I believe many of you probably already have in your pocket, uh, is my uh, Apple iPhone 5. During pre-design, during the existing condition survey, I'm using the camera on the iPhone 5, uh, which I love. I use the iPhone for so many things now. Uh, It's become... It's it's virtually in my hands constantly um i gave my old canon digital camera to my kids i don't use the uh, standard camera anymore i would like to buy a um uh, an slr camera which uh which is on the in the plans dslr um but that's uh, down the down the road not a high priority but i would like to do that and start taking some of my own pictures uh you know professional you know quality pictures. I'll have to get my brother Scott, who does all my photographs now. If you're if you're looking for a good uh, architectural photographer, and he travels, um, it's not cheap though, but he's very good. He shoots all of my work. Um, you can look him up at scottlepage.com and he does all our photo photos for our website. You can check our our much of the photos, many of the photos on FiveCat.com are uh, are shot by Scott LePage. So. Um, Check him out. Um, The camera on the iPhone has 8 megapixels, which is actually more than my old Canon. I think my old Canon was a 5 megapixel camera. I know that new cameras are crazy megapixels, but I'm not sure once you get past a certain level whether it really matters, especially for existing conditions, you don't need a super high resolution. Although the nice high resolution images do allow you later while while you're doing design to zoom in at a certain area on that image which is really helpful sometimes where, you know, it's a larger image of something else, but it's it's it captured the area of the room that you're looking for and you can zoom right in and see see a detail. Um, I love the panorama uh, yeah, feature on it so I can take wide views of, of an entire elevation. It has a great flash. It also has geotagging, so you can actually set it to tag the location of, of where you took those photographs. So you can have that all your photos tagged uh, of with that that uh, automatically with the location of, of where they were shot and of course the camera the iPhone also has is great for video for those occasions where the the still photos just may not suffice to tell the whole story um we're actually right now in a situation where we have a client that is on the other side of the world on vacation and we're starting a new project with a great uh, contractor they did full demolition, and uh, this week we found out that under all the plaster was a disaster of framing errors and uh, botched framing and with plumbing holes in the floor and it's really, really bad condition. And um, you know, the photos, we took lots of photos of it and we, we uh, were putting together a, a report to send to the client. But I think I may also shoot a video of it because I think it may actually, better tell the story I'd be able to narrate while I'm while I'm shooting the video to explain to them where the problems are and why uh much of the existing framing that we thought was going to have, be able to stay like it is in a typical project in this case uh it's it's literally unsafe and needs to be removed and replaced so I think the camera with the video will uh be great for that situation so I still prepare my field sketches by hand with a, you know, with a pad and and my collection of color coded pens. So uh, I still sort of old school with my hand sketches. I'm sure many of you still do it by hand, but there are many devices and social, uh, social, many devices and software available uh, to capture existing conditions uh, for architecture now, but I'm I'm just not ready for that yet. I'm not, I haven't fully researched it yet, so I don't really know a lot about it, but, but the little bit I know about it, I'm I'm not yet convinced that uh, that that technology is there that can that can be as accurate as my measurements with a laser measuring device and a and a, and a measuring tape. Uh, I know that um, uh, that's probably going to change very soon. I think that the technology is probably going to catch up very quickly if it hasn't already catched up caught up and I that that uh, and we just don't know it or I just don't know it. Um, I would love to be able to walk into a room with a device, uh, push a button, and have it scan the room and uh, and plot it out into CAD. Because right now, after we measure onto our pads by hand with pencil and pen, uh, we're going back to the studio and transcribing all those field notes to, to CAD, um, which is not exactly efficient. We've actually tried in the past to bring a little folding table and a laptop and actually run CAD right there. Um, it takes a lot longer to measure the space, but when you're done, the CAD files are all complete. Um, we don't do that anymore because it is extremely time consuming on site. And lots of times we'd rather just get in, measure it and get out. But uh, we have tried that and, uh, and it does work, but you can't really do that when you have a, an owner occupied space and, and got to take like two days to, to finish measuring a house where you can, probably finish it by hand um, with a with a sketchpad in uh, in a half a day um, we're using AutoCAD LT 2013 for Mac and uh, I wrote a um, actually a, a, a podcast episode um, about the software we're using and the process that we go through with drafting and design using that software and I I highly recommend that you go visit that episode and listen it's entrearchitect.com episode 29 the title is uh, bim sanity and i compare uh, my autocad lt 2013 for mac to the bim programs that are out there and i question whether bim which so many people talk about as really the way we should be moving our our design processes um, and I compare AutoCAD LT to BIM. And in the comments, don't miss the comments because the comments uh, both on the blog and over at the LinkedIn group uh, were exceptional. Um, great conversation about the pros and cons of BIM software for small firms. So, so I would recommend that you go check that out. So my next um, category is design. So after we measure it all up and we get it into AutoCAD, um, I want to talk about the, you know, the, 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 big heavy duty stuff that we're, we're using to, uh, basically run the, the studio. Um, I'm going to start with design and, and the main computer, my main computer and monitor it's integrated is a 27 inch Apple iMac, which I, uh, I purchased. It was actually, uh, technically a Christmas present, um, from Anne Marie to me. Um, but it was something we we needed. We um, for a long time we were running Dell machines over at the other studio, and for the past year or so, I was using my MacBook Pro as my main computer, which was working, um, but it wasn't wasn't great. I had, you know, and I was using a, a uh, another monitor which I still use, and I'll talk about in a second. Um, but I got the 27-inch Apple iMac. It's got a 3.4 gigahertz uh, Intel Core i5 processor super fast love it Um, i know the new ones are even faster it's got eight gigabytes of memory uh, and i run it at um 2560 by 1440 uh, resolution so it's it's really high resolution i can fit a lot on my 27 inch monitor and i love it i absolutely love it Um, when i did that that was the end of dell uh, we slowly integrated from Dell to Mac. It took about two years to to slowly integrate everything that we were using from Dell over to Apple. Uh, for about a year and a half, we were sort of integrated. We had some Apple, some some PCs, and they were communicating. It wasn't great, and it wasn't seamless, uh, but it was working, and it did what it needed to do, and, uh, and that can be done. Uh, but now we are all Apple... Um, I'm using an Apple wireless mouse and an Apple wireless keyboard, both of them connected to the iMac via Bluetooth, and uh, and I love that too. So I can pretty much work from anywhere in the room, uh, and because the Apple iMac, the 27-inch monitor is so large, I, I don't need to be right up against it. And then I have I actually have three monitors um, working. I have I have the main iMac right in front of me. To my left, I have a ViewSonic VX twenty two fifty, which is an LED monitor, a ten eighty p full HD monitor, uh, which is what I was using when I was using the MacBook Pro. I was running it through that ViewSonic monitor. It was great when I got it. It's it's pretty old at this point, um, and it's uh, it's seen its day. It's starting to uh, occasionally flick off black and and come back on and then go back off and and that gets frustrating Uh, it doesn't do it all the time uh, but it's doing it and then to my right i have a third monitor and that is the 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 last remnant of the old dell days it's a dell e uh 198 fp basically i think it's a 17 inch monitor um I had that from an old administrative computer that uh, my project, my um, office manager used to use. The old Dell machine. Uh, I saved the monitor so I can use it. And let me explain how I use these three monitors. The the main 27-inch iMac that's right in front of me. I use for my, you know, the task that I'm working on at hand. So if I'm running AutoCAD, that's the the monitor that that the AutoCAD's running on. If I'm doing email at the time, that'll be right in front of me. So whatever I'm working on is right in front of me on the high-resolution iMac. Um, to my right, my Dell monitor, I have – it's basically a static monitor. I use it for um, to keep my calendar up, and I also use Nozbe Project Management Software, N-O-Z-B-E, Nozbe, um, and uh and I can go into Noseby another day on another podcast. If you're interested, go check that out. It's it's actually a really good way to sort of manage your projects. But I have Noseby and I have um my uh iCalendar, straight up Apple iCalendar, open all the time on my monitor to my right. So I always have access to my calendar and my noseby so I know exactly what I need to do next uh and my calendar, which I have everything. Scheduled every day, what I'm going to do, um, pretty much uh, hour by hour. Um, to my left, the other the ViewSonic monitor, I use that sort of as an overflow monitor. So whatever I'm working on on the iMac, uh, if I'm if I want to have something else open, like like my uh, my Twitter app, if I can I can follow my friends on Twitter, I can have that open over there. I can have my email open over there if I want to, although I try not to do that because it's distracting. Twitter also is often distracting so I'll often shut that down when I'm trying to get something done but but uh if I'm working on two different things at the same time uh I'll have that other other software open on that ViewSonic monitor and that way it allows me to just it allows me to use the entire monitor screen for the task at hand um which works really well I love having three monitors um and certainly the next purchase is going to be to replace these two old monitors. They're really the oldest equipment I have in this studio right now. Um, And and they're very low resolution uh, and they're failing. And so I would love to get two 27-inch Apple Thunderbolt displays that match the iMac. Uh, They're about a grand each, so I'm not sure that's gonna happen, but that's really what I would love. I would love to have two 27-inch monitors. So I essentially have three 27-inch monitors I know that's probably uh, geeking out a little bit over my monitors, but um, when you have it all set up like this, it's so easy to do what you need to do. Um, So that's it for basically for my computer and and the monitors that I'm using. Um, Let's get into printing. I have a, um, this is one of the the survivors from the old Pleasantville studio. It's an HP uh, Color LaserJet CM-1312, NFI multifunction printer. It, it, uh, it's a network printer. It has, a uh, and I have it. So I, you know, all the Macs can access it wirelessly. I have it set up through my, my server, um, which I'll also talk about in a little while. It's a Mac mini. Um, so the, the Mac mini is hooked up to my, my, uh, printer and I can access my, my printer, um, uh, wirelessly from anywhere in the studio or in the house, that's a, a uh, connected to the studio. Um, it the the LaserJet CM1312 has a is a uh, scanner and a copier and a fax machine. I never actually set up the fax machine for that that unit. Even when it was over at Pleasantville, I had a separate fax machine. Um, I use it strictly for copying and scanning, and it's it always worked great. I never had a problem with it ever. Um, It's a laser printer. So it uses the big toner cartridges. It's not exactly inexpensive to run. Um, But it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been durable. It's a workhorse. So it's, it's, uh, it, it owes me nothing at this point. Uh, I've had it probably for, uh, I would say close to 10 years, maybe eight, eight, nine, maybe 10 years. uh, And it's, and it's done uh, a, a great job for me. The next thing I'm gonna talk about is the plotter. Uh, I mentioned before that I had an HP, well, I didn't say that what I had, but I had an HP, I believe it was a HP 800, 24 uh, inch plotter, which was great. It, we rebuilt it a bunch of times. It was uh, way over 10 years old, probably close to uh, 12 years old, maybe close, even closer to, uh, yeah. Yeah, we bought it when we got the studio. So it's, it was about 11 years old. Um, And it did a great job. We did have to uh, rebuild parts of it a few times. I think um, the repair guys wanted uh, some big dollars for it. So John Whalen, my associate, and I uh, had pulled it apart a couple of times and ordered some parts. One time I ordered a part from HP, and I believe they they built it in China when I ordered it. And uh, it took like two months to get, which was extremely frustrating. Um, But... We did rebuild it and it worked for a long time. And then I uh, I lugged it from Pleasantville all the way over to Chappaqua uh, on, the, on the moving truck. And when I got it here, I set it up and it died. And I wasn't about to rebuild it again in the middle of the move. And so um, I did get it sort of working and, and I put it on Craigslist and I told the guy that uh, it needed to be rebuilt and somebody came and bought it for like a hundred bucks and and uh, took it away. So um, today what I did is I, I replaced it with an HP T520, which is a much smaller plotter, still 24 inch roll feed uh, plotter. It has full wireless and it has remote access. So you can actually set it up to access remotely through the internet. I don't have it set up that way. I have it hardwired to my network. Um, that's all I need it for it does have full color and it has and it's and it's pretty efficient with the use of ink which is uh which is great much better than the old 800 um HP 800 um so the uh, I'm really happy with the new plotter it um it took a little bit of configuring uh to get it to work with the with the um the AutoCAD LT uh 2013 for Mac Um, But we did once we got, once I figured out the new uh, format for AutoCAD 2013 and I understood the plotter, I got it working and it now works really, really well. I'm just going to take a quick drink here. Okay. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is the network server. I have an Apple Mac mini server. Um, It replaced my old Dell server, which we purchased when we moved into Pleasantville, the old Dell tower, which was gigantic. It was about a foot wide. It was about two feet, literally two feet deep and probably uh, about 20 inches tall. And it weighed so much. It was so heavy. Um, The Mac mini is about uh, six by six inches by uh, about an inch and a quarter tall. And it, and it was much more powerful than the Dell ever was. Um, and it has two hard drives in it. It uh, basically can fit whatever I throw at it. And, uh, and I have that set up as our main server. It's both our printer server and our, and our file server. Um, although Dropbox, I'm using Dropbox now because we are a virtual studio. I'm using Dropbox for all our uh, project uh, drawing files and and I'm starting to use Evernote online. Uh, I have the premium version of Evernote for uh, Field Notes and other documents that uh, um, we're using uh, Evernote for that, which has a great search engine in Evernote. So when you put something in Evernote, it actually converts it to searchable text, Um, or when you scan it, you can have it set up that way, and then it will search the actual text in the document not only the tags that you tag it with or the title. Uh, so if you're looking for a specific document, you can search for what the, the subjects are in that document and it will find them. Uh, so that's why I love Evernote. Um, but the the, the uh, now, because I use Evernote and Dropbox, the Mini is, is slowly becoming uh, an archive device. Um, and I'm planning to set it up as a local backup hard drive. Um, so it basically is is mirror, uh, a mirror of my iMac and my Dropbox files. Um, excuse me. Um, the um, So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to um, no longer use it as the file server. I'm going to keep the files in the cloud, and I'm going to set up the, um, uh, the iMac. Although I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. My friend, Neil Pan, uh, you can... St- Check out Neil Pan on Twitter at uh, npan. Um, he's uh, a friend of mine, and he's also uh, he recently launched Apple for Architects. Right now, you can follow Apple for Arch uh, on Twitter for uh, for everything Apple for Architects. But uh, he has some ideas as well for me, so I'm going to talk to to Neil and uh, and see what I should do um, with my my Mac Mini and maybe purchase some other equipment. To do uh, what I wanted to do, to do some backups. Um, let's see my scanner. The next thing is my scanner. This is a fantastic device. I love this scanner. This is the Fiji, uh, Fujitsu, for, Fujitsu. Sorry about that. Fujitsu Snap IX Five Hundred uh, scanner for PC and Mac. Um, there's also an Evernote version of the same. Um, same scanner it's an evernote branded version I'm not really sure the differences um, this is a wireless uh, or USB connection It's uh, super high speed I've never seen a a you know a home office scanner like this uh, run so quickly and and very very accurately it it self corrects the um uh, the uh, skew if you put the the document in crooked it'll fix it for you. Um, it scans directly to email or Evernote or Dropbox in PDF format. It scans everything from little small little paper receipts all the way up to, you know, uh, I think like 11 or um, uh, eight, eight and a half by 14 legal documents. It may even do bigger than that. I think A3 is the largest size that it will will accept. Um, but you can put all those sizes all in at the same time. And it will it'll scan it all and organize it for you automatically. Um, I I'm using it mainly for scanning paper paper documents, all my uh, current paper documents and future paper documents because I'm slowly migrating over to a 100% paperless studio. That's my goal. Um, this week's subject, my letter, my newsletter to my subscribers at entre you know entrearchitect.com/newsletter. You can subscribe to the newsletter. It's free. It's called the entrepreneur architect report and every week i um i put together a a letter to my to my subscribers about what i'm doing um and uh, and I, it also includes links to the this week's podcast episode and this week's blog post so you won't miss a thing if you subscribe uh, but this week's letter was all about my paperless studio um, and uh and and as well as my um my blog post also was about the Paperless Studio. So you can check both the article as well as the newsletter and uh, and learn about my my goals and my plans for the Paperless Studio. Um, and in addition to, if you get the PC version of the Apple, um, or for, uh, the PC version of the Adobe... Ac- Hold on. If you get the PC version of the Fujitsu uh, ScanSnap, um, it comes with Adobe Acrobat 10, the standard version. Uh, it's not available with Mac version, um, but uh, um, you get a free copy of Adobe Acrobat, the full version of auto, um, Adobe Acrobat, if you get the PC version of this scanner. So it's, uh, it's great. I'm really happy with, um, with that scanner. So next I wanna talk about the tools that I use in the field uh, and so, in addition to what I do when I do existing conditions, uh, when I go to meetings, I go to project meetings or interviews, my uh, the tool now that I use, I just just this is my newest device, is my iPad Air. I love my iPad Air. Um, I got the Wi-Fi only version. Uh, I use my iPhone's personal hotspot um, for when I need internet it's a little bit clunky and uh, inefficient to, you know, to have to flip on my, my iPhone and, and set up the hotspot, um, to connect to wifi, but it also saves me $150 on, on the device, on the iPad, as well as the monthly service fees for the cellular service. So, um, I think in the position that we are now, we're still trying to save money and, and build our, uh, our retained earnings. Um, so i i saved the hundred and fifty dollars in the monthly service fees and I got the wi-fi only version i think if i had the money I would go uh for the full um uh cellular version because it would be much more convenient to just flip it on and use it when you're when you're not near wi-fi um I got the thirty two gigabyte version so i could load it up with pictures and 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 uh uh and uh podcast episodes um because I like to listen to podcast episodes it's got a nine point seven inch retina display, which is the same size as the standard iPad, the iPad, the standard iPad's a little bit bigger, but that's, it's really the sizes in the case. Um, the I- iPad Air is smaller than the standard iPad, and it's much lighter. It's super fast. Uh, and I use it for field notes right now. So when I go to a job meeting, I uh, i use my Evernote and, uh, and I write my field notes right there. So I'm not handwriting my field notes and then transcribing them anymore and putting them right into Evernote. Right from the iPad, Um, I also have full access while I'm in the field to my Evernote. So if I have to go back to old notes, and I have access to my Dropbox. So if I want to go to my drawings, I don't have to carry the big roll of drawings anymore. I I just carry my iPad Air. Um, It has access. You know, when I when I go to project interviews, I have access to my website and my portfolio photos. Um, And it even has you know it has uh, the iPad has so many apps that you can use. Um, my friend, Andrew Hawkins, uh, a few months back, wrote a great article over at the uh, Entrepreneur Architect blog um, called the Top 5 Apps for Architects in Daily Practice. You should, you should check that out um, for iPad and iPhone. Um, some of them are for iPhone as well, but it was basically an article about uh, apps for your iPad for Architects. You can find that at entrearchitects.com slash five apps. That's the number five apps, A-P-P-S. So architect uh, entrearchitect.com slash five A-P-P-S. Uh, that'll give you a, a link to the top five apps for Architects in daily practice. You should check that out. Um, and And what I love most about the iPad is that it's replaced my old leather bag you know the old leather bag was full of pens, and it had my leather binder with my graph paper in it, and my scale, and I had a folded up copy of copy of the drawings in there, and it had the big thick project binder with all my documents. Um, now it's all accessed from the iPad, so instead of lugging around the big heavy bag, uh, which sometimes y'all need it, you know sometimes I'll need the the scale or the pen, um, but but I don't. I don't really carry the bag anymore. I, I really just run out with the iPad and I'm, I'm good to go. Everything that I need is in the iPad um, or on my iPhone. You know, I, 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 it really does everything I need it to do. Um, so that, you know, for 5Cat for Studio, uh, that's pretty much all of the equipment and and uh, hardware that we're running. Um, all pretty simple stuff, nothing super high tech or, or cutting edge. Um, it's probably similar to what you're using. Um, but it's uh, it's it's great I, I I really like the technology that we're using now. I think we've become much more efficient and will only become more efficient as the software and the apps become uh, more available to do the things that we want want them to do. Um, but uh, I think for a small firm architect uh, the the Devices that are available are inexpensive and, and very easily, um, uh, very quickly, you know, very available and, uh, and really can, do, um, can help you run your business better. Um, the last thing I want to share with you is sort of a bonus. I, w- I want to get into Entrepreneur Architect a little bit and some of the um, devices I use for that. The first thing I use is, is my old MacBook, MacBook Pro. Uh, it's a 15-inch MacBook Pro. Um, that's the, the MacBook I was talking about before. I still love it, uh, but really the iPad is taking over m- much of the uh, the former uses of the MacBook Pro. Uh, my kids are now also s- sort of um, trying to uh, to uh, take over the MacBook, but but it's still the a tool that I use um, for entrepreneur architect. I I write most of my articles um with the uh, with the MacBook Pro it allows me to have a full keyboard rather than the iPad um it has faster Wi-Fi and easily you know more easily connected um and and it allows me to write wherever I want to write you know it it allows me to go up into the uh into the living room or out onto the patio and and uh and be fully connected and and write whatever I want want to uh, to write there um I do all my evening social media updates uh, typically, out of the studio. And when I do that, I'm doing that on the MacBook. Um, so so I, I still use the MacBook and I do it. I use it mostly for writing. Um, I don't really use it very much for anything else anymore. Um, the uh, 27-inch iMac, I also use the same iMac that I'm using for 5Cat. I'm also using for uh, Entrepreneur Architect. Um, I'm using that for my podcast. I'm using that right now. I'm using that with GarageBand six. I, I really don't like the interface with the uh, of the new GarageBand ten. Um, I'm not really sure what happens to versions seven, eight, and nine of GarageBand, but GarageBand six is what I'm using for the um, for the podcast. The new version of the of GarageBand is really designed much more for music production. Uh, so, you uh, know, I would love for them to come out with a with a Dedicated podcast um, production uh, software. Um, maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll do a, a podcast version of GarageBand. Um, so, so that's uh, that's what I'm using the iMac for. So the next thing uh, for Entrepreneur Architect that I'm going to share is um, my microphone. The microphone I'm using right now it's a uh, it's a Blue Yeti. And I would say it's probably, uh, from what I understand, it's one of the best USB microphones out there. Um, It's very inexpensive. It's less than $100. And uh, it has lots of options for, you know, recording patterns, you know, whether you're recording music or solo voice, or or if you're speaking with a guest, you can have it set up so both sides of the mic will pick up the voice, Uh, or if you set it to another setting, It'll like I do now. It'll only pick up my voice that's right in front of it. So um, the sounds to my left and right and to in front of me uh, are are much lower volume than my voice, and so it it, it picks up uh, really what's only in front of it when it's set to this, this setting. And it's really if you if you're interested in doing a podcast, it's really the only thing you need to get started because um, if you have a, a Mac product, it uh, comes with GarageBand and uh, and you can get started right away uh if you're interested in doing a podcast so um if you are interested in doing a podcast there are two great tutorials i don't know uh the links right offhand It just comes just coming to me now but um you can go to uh to pat flynn on youtube you can search it i'll, I'll put a link to both of them on the show notes but pat flynn has a great um podcast tutorial about how to get started in podcasting and Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast Answer Man also has an exceptional uh, tutorial on uh, how to set up uh, a podcast. Both tutorials are completely free and they give you step-by-step instructions on exactly how to get started. Um, The Entrepreneur Architect podcast was started by uh, listening to Pat Flynn's uh, tutorial and doing what he uh, what he was doing at the time, so uh, thank you, Pat. Thank you for that. Um, so that's uh, my microphone, the Blue Yeti. Um, Blue is the company, Yeti is the model. And then I would say uh, I'd get back to the iPhone. You know, it, the in in general, in my life, the iPhone has become a tool that I I cannot live without. It's uh, it's not only my telephone. Uh, and my email, but it also has my calendar. I do all my daily social media, my Twitter account, um, at Entree Architect, my Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Entree Architect. Instagram, um, also Entree Architect. Uh, All three of those uh, platforms I'm on every day uh, and contribute. Um, I do blog updates and, and editing on my iPhone. I use the camera, like I said before in the video. I access my Evernote and my Dropbox when I need to. I listen to audio books on audible.com and I li- and I read Kindle books on my iPhone. Um, and probably other than my e- email and my telephone, I would say uh, the the third, mo- I would even say that after email, email's the number one thing that I use the phone for. I would say even before the telephone, um, I would say that listening to podcasts, uh, I listen to about thirty-five different podcast uh, shows. Um, I don't listen to all of them every week, but I have thirty-five set up on my uh, on my phone. and uh, And truthfully, I haven't listened to terrestrial radio in over a year. So between podcasts and Pandora uh, for my music, um, I don't listen to the radio anymore. And I'm and I'm sure I'm not the only one doing that. And I do all that all of that on the iPhone. Um, I access my banking. It's it's so much that that one device can do. It, it, it has literally transformed my life. I'm sure it's transformed your life. It's transforming society in both good and bad ways, obviously. Um, but uh, it's amazing. I, I can't wait to see what Apple does next um, because we are now fully Apple- um, I have no more PCs in my house or my studio. Uh, I have pretty much every device that, that Apple makes, and that was not by intention. It just sort of happened. Um, I have the iMac. I have the MacBook Pro. I have the uh, the Mac Mini. I have the iPhone. I have an iPad. Anne-Marie has an iPad Mini. Um, so we have almost everything they make, and uh, and I'm incredibly happy with, with the Apple products. I, and I'm not really... Didn't really intend this to be an Apple advertisement, but uh, uh, you know, like many people who start using Apple products, I'm really happy with them. So, um, so that's my list. That's the equipment that I use on a daily basis at Five Cat Studio, and uh, and I'll include this whole list, this whole you know list of all these these items that I talked about over at the show notes. You can find the show notes at entrearchitect.com slash episode thirty eight. That's the number thirty eight, episode thirty eight. And I would love for you to go over to the blog and leave a comment. Tell me what equipment that you're using to get your work done. You know, whether it's new or old, cutting edge or run of the mill, the good, the bad, the ugly. I want, I want to hear it all. Share all of your equipment over at entrearchitect.com 38. Uh, and with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, until next week, my name is Mark Arlepage and I am an entrepreneur architect. Thank you very much for listening.